So we want to, of course, wish everybody a happy 4th of July. It's, it's our nation's Independence Day. It's very important. It's a great reminder of Americans coming together, and especially in a time of division, as there has been, I think we need to be unified and thinking about that. Obviously, our message from Romans is a, is a message of, of unity. So we won't be having a show on the 4th of July, and uh, we just want you guys to have a great holiday. I am unashamed. What about you? So we're back, Jace, at our, uh, I call it our southern home away from home. When we're down here at the beach, we come to Peninsula Golf Course. Uh, they have they have three different uh, nine-hole courses here, which are fantastic. It's a little and, noisy. It's a little noisy. We got some uh, golfers that are in the room behind us. So if you hear a little bit of chatter back there, just just uh, that's golfers eating lunch. But yeah. I'm I'm sitting here watching the number one tee box. Yeah, number one marsh right in front of me. And I'm feeling way better about my golf game because I'm watching these people. Because <laughs> we're right up. behind where they're driving, you know. So. And what I've noticed is some of these some of these guys and gals, they get up there and they're taking way too long exactly. before they hit the ball. And I once said that when you don't know what you're doing, let's do it quickly. That's right. Look, here's, here's my philosophy, because I'm, I'm not a very good golfer, but I always say you can be a bad golfer, just do it fast, you know, so you yeah. can get out of the way. And then the other thing is golf is a game that's played forward, not backwards. I see all people all the time. You start to see a car coming backwards. I'm like, don't, no, no, it's the other way. Don't don't yeah. come back. It's one way. We're all going that away. And so you, so do it quickly and stay moving in one direction. That's what I'm right. noticing is this: the course on some holes, it's a little tight, and the pressure with being in front of people. You get up there and you just don't want to pull the trigger. Because <laughs> <That's right. laughs> <laughs> I saw this last guy, I'm telling you, he walked up to the ball a couple times. He did some stretching. He <laughs> sat up. He did a waggle. He, I thought he was going to go, oh, no. Uh, and, I mean, we just, it, it, and the more this went on, I started feeling nervous. <laughs> and I'm not even out there. I'm, I'm, I'm just looking behind the, the room. <laughs> and after all that, he just duck hooked it in the pond. And I thought, you could have saved us all about five minutes and kept your. Well, here's what's funny. So this guy, because there's nobody out there, he thinks. But since we're watching him and now talking about on the podcast, literally millions of people are going to know what. We don't know his name, of course. <laughs> we just, millions of people now know this guy, how long he took, and then he hit the ball in the water. Is you that know? wrong? Should so so part of the, <clears throat> let me get this right since I'm not a participant in your proceedings. Uh, so part of this is just having fun watching others butcher butcher the golf course. Phil, that's about 40% of life. <laughs> that's, a lot of, that's a lot of it, Dad. So, so and the pro my problem, Dad, is, is I am a part of the proceedings, and I hadn't played a lot of golf, and I'm not great anyway. But we got Jace, who usually turns it on here. He's even if he hadn't played much, he he's got an affinity for this place. And there's yeah. some holes here that he just always seems to rise to the occasion. You got Jepico, who's coming in, your youngest son, uh, and he's he's been playing a lot of golf through his new work because he's doing fundraising, so he's doing a lot of golf tournaments. So he's been playing a lot. And Jepico, when he gets it going, he's got. He, I've always thought he had the prettiest swing of the boys. And then we got Jace's boys, Reed and Cole, 
and they're kind of hot and cold, but when they get on a roll, them boys can play some serious golf. So you, you kind of got four decent golfers and one thumb well, that's going to be part of this. But I'm like an old copperhead snake, Dad. You got to watch it because I'll just lay there, like, and a lot of people will step over me. But about about every once in a while, I'll strike, you know. On so, this, this, this. so me down here on the river surviving and Stone doing the cooking, uh, I'm not missing that much. Or would you agree to that? No, well, it's what you, you're not missing anything that you would enjoy, that's for sure. Well, you're missing just the camaraderie. I mean, this place, the reason I have a special place, I'll tell you, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure you're aware of this, but I'll, I'll share one of my secrets Ooh, about this place. This may help me. So the first time I played share, this Jay, place, share. I was on 18, and I noticed that there's a jungle right right beside 18 and I thought I want to go down here and check out this pond for any frogs or fish I may want to revisit this at some point in my life and so I eased down and they have these uh what are those things called not cattails but it's like kind of that sawgrass feel with the little points on it and so I eased between two of them and I was checking out the pond and I looked over to my right, and I have, I have unknowingly snuck up on about a six-foot alligator. <laughs> that's just right there. Yeah. Of course, he just. And you know how they bolt? Well, when he bolted, my life flashed in front of my face. <laughs> but he was going the other way. But it was just such an explosion of power. <laughs> and I thought. Well, I could have died right there, <laughs> down here doing what I should not be doing <laughs> is right. checking out a pond where you're not supposed to go. And so I guess it made me feel like I had a second chance. <laughs> so I did notice I, I did notice that y'all were <clears throat> wise enough to bring the cooks, some good cooks with you. Your mother, Lisa, so they're they're providing the, the the meals, right? These are our wives, and <laughs> <laughs> and we do the table. Yeah. I will say this, Dad. To your point, we you know Stone has has developed into quite the smoker and griller of meats. Tell me about it. I woke up yesterday morning, and uh, he rolled in there about dinner time, and we had fajitas for dinner. We had ribeye steaks for supper. And stones out, bush hogging the premises, getting ready to plant the duck food and all that. But uh, he's like a chef that's that's come on board. And all I do, he tells me when it's ready, I walk in there. And uh, I think he has tenderloin coming up here in about an hour. So, you know, life's pretty good. Life's pretty good away from the beach. I'm curious. (laughs) I'm curious. What did he tell you on why he didn't come? Or what's he saying are the positives? Because we lost him so, to you. So what, why did he tell you he didn't come down here and instead he went to spend? He said that because of his, uh, uh, the breaking of a rib, he said he just didn't have it in him to go that far, travel that far, and and golf was out. So he just said he, he he's uh, on the energy, on the, what do you call it, uh, disabled, disabled list. He's disabled. Yeah, not, able to, not able to. Well, a funny story is your wife, my mom, this morning, she said, I have to show you something, which is why I was late uh, oh to this. And I was like, okay, I got to go. She's like, no. She said, I literally think I'm going crazy. 
And I said, Oh, well, are you just now flash. realizing that? <laughs> Not or? a newsflash. <laughs> and she said, come look in my bag. And she opened her bag, and it was filled with fishing lures. And she said, I don't remember putting those in there. I said, well, it's because Jay Stone put those in there for me. And she said, but he didn't tell me. Why wouldn't he tell me? I was like, because that was irrelevant. We just needed it. He knew you were coming. <laughs> so we had a we had a good laugh. But what I was going to say about Jay is that he's called me about every three or four hours since I've been here, <laughs> besides when I was asleep last night. Yep. So I thought, now he can say, oh, yeah, I'm, I don't want to. It's too hot. It's, right. uh, but I can tell. Why does he keep calling me? Because I think he misses it. Well, it was it was funny, Dad, because we got down here, and the first thing everybody was like, Jeb was disappointed because Jay wasn't coming. Cole was disappointed because Jay wasn't coming. Because, you know, Stone's turned into the life of the party down here, it, it's, well, which is kind of funny. With he, his, he, he's well, funny. he is funny, yeah. But so you, you gained him because of his unable to perform. Normally he would have been cooking all that for us. And so, Dad, you got a personal chef this week for your – week of being away from the family so you got a pretty good deal that's right he 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 volunteered to be the cook on the premises i trained him so he's he's coming along so we don't have him this year we don't have willie this is the second year in a row for willie but he's gotten too big for us now dad he's out in la yep. somewhere and oh yeah you know he's oh, just yeah. he's moved on he's a big he's a big star now he's developing something so i don't know if we'll ever get him back do you think jace yeah, will ever I get him back know. he's a big yes. shot now well, so you all know, since we're Bible people, uh, I took to heart Paul's little exposition to the Thessalonians, make it your ambition to live a quiet life, mind your own business, work with your hands so that your daily life will win the respect of outsiders so you won't have to be dependent on anybody. That's the zone I'm in at 75 years old there. That ain't a bad, that's not a bad zone. So I want to mention something. I know dad doesn't want me to, but I'm going to do it anyway because it's a big deal to me. Um, this last weekend, we mentioned on the last podcast briefly, and I don't want to belabor the point, but dad was inducted into the Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame, which is in Natchitoches, Natchitoches, Louisiana. And uh, it, it was a big event. It was a big deal. A lot of really other talented, mostly athletes. So most people that are there or people play football, basketball, other sports in Louisiana. And um, I don't know about you, Dad, but I, just kind of being there for a couple of days with some of those guys was a great experience for me personally because I found everybody was great. I mean, the people are awesome. You know, there's Sweet Lou Dunbar for the Harlem Globetrotters. He went in. Um, um, Peanut, uh, what was his name, Dad? Uh, uh, Charles? Played for Chicago, the Bears, uh, defensive back. Did yeah. you ever see the Harlem Globetrotters? Oh, yeah. yeah, a lot when I was a kid. Did you ever see him? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, that's why I told him. I said, hey, and now he's the coach. He's, he's And his son was there. They call him Sweet Lou, too. And he's a yeah. young guy, and he's now on the team, and Sweet Lou is coaching. And, you know, they used to call him the clown prince of the Globetrotters. He was the one that did all the funny stuff. He is a sweet man, just a – wasn't he, Dad? I mean, he was just one of the best people. I kept, I kept thinking these guys deserved – uh, the accolades and the recognition. But when I got to me, I, you know, I learned how to sound like birds. I don't know. I, I just felt like I was not quite worthy, not quite worthy of the award. But it wasn't my idea, so they thought it was worthy, but I didn't. 
But I th- I was happy that they, because I think you're the first outdoorsman. No, there's a, there's a couple of others. Grits oh. Gresham, who was from Natchitoches, was a famous outdoorsman who who had a show that used to be on a lot on Saturdays on ABC. And there was Dudley Falk, Al, a, a duck call maker, and he was recognized. I think he's he's passed on now, but. But uh, but you're you're right. Seventy five seemed sort of young uh, to to be with those guys. But uh, I was uh, they deserved. Well, it. there was a guy there. He was the oldest guy ever inducted. He was ninety four, and oh, it was wow. and it was you know who it was it was Mackie Freeze who was a great a guy. Old, great guy. He his you know Richwood Stadium is called Mackie Freeze Stadium. He won four straight. Uh, state championships there in the 60s and he won what was it that 56 games in a row and they didn't even have a they didn't even have a football field when they hired him and somehow or another he said people donated land and <clears throat> and all the way down to shoulder pads <clears throat> but it was pretty interesting to hear his story how, how people can come together for a good cause athletics in this particular situation and come together. I thought the, I thought the well, same I thought the same thing, Dad. It was in the sixties. We were still segregated and yet he was mentioning all those high schools that donated the shoulder pads and ultimately led to them getting a football field. And I thought, you know, that's that's where it's at. I mean, you know, and that's the good thing about sports is a lot of times it unifies rather than divides. Plus that whole event, Al, I it, there was at no time with anything for for a day and a half a day, a night, and a next day, I saw no, no, uh, any sign of friction or division at all. I mean, it was a family atmosphere among people of color and everybody together. It was just a good thing to see that. Well, and that's why I just wanted to thank the guys uh, that that nominated Dad, and obviously it, it brings the outdoor. You know, we're called Sportsman's Paradise, so a lot of people hunt and fish, and Dad is a great representative of that. And I will say this: when everybody was telling their stories and stuff like that, when Dad ran through his duck calls at a luncheon uh, with all the guys there, Tim Brando went in too. Yeah. Maybe that little announcer. Mm-hmm. And uh, when Dad went through those duck calls, they were mesmerized because a lot of those guys are, you know, they've never heard a duck call before. So uh, Dad held his own. He did really good. So I, I'm proud of you, Dad. I thought it was great. I know you don't like the honor of it, but yep. I think I think you are worthy of it because of what you've done. So let's uh, let's take a break. So one of the things I noticed, uh, Dad is is a pretty spry seventy five. When you get him up against some guys older than him that are a bunch of ex athletes, which I watched this last weekend, Dad was getting around pretty good. And I think one of the things that we attribute that to, because he said, you know, I don't have any aches and pains. I don't take any medicine. You know, because a lot of there was a lot of health conversations going on last weekend. Is uh, Omega XL? In fact, we even said that. Dad said, you know, they need to take. Uh, oh, what's that? You know, the stuff you get from the from the muscles. I said Omega XL. He said, yeah, absolutely. From the pristine. Waters the the pristine waters of New Zealand. That's exactly right. Now we got side taken as well and helping him out also. So uh, anyway, if you got aches and pains, you don't have to be older anytime because I'm, we're about to get into some golf and I'm going to be having some aches and pains from that. So this is going to help me uh, this year, hopefully beat Jace. But you, here's how you want to check these guys out. Go to OmegaXL.com slash fill. You buy a bottle, you get a second bottle for free. That's OmegaXL.com slash Phil, or you can call them 800-844-4888. That's 800-844-4888. Help out with those aches and pains. 
so anyway, it was it was fun, and Phyllis got to go with us because Mom was out of out of the lineup because of recovering from the from the bobo bite. So by, Phyllis by got the to way, go. Al, I did give them what my take on it: love God, love your neighbor, and live Louisiana. It's a, it's a great way to roll. And you know, he said that, Jace, and the lieutenant governor who's in charge of tourism in our state. He literally jumped out of his chair and ran up to dad as dad was coming off the stage. And he was like, would you say that again, Mr. Phil? And yeah. So he said it again. You know, I think dad has started a new campaign for Louisiana tourism. Yeah, now. live Louisiana. You know, it is a great place, a great place to live. Uh, what do you think, Jay? Louisiana. It's great unless it's July and August. Then it's a little difficult weather-wise, but the rest of it's good. <laughs> I've jokingly said that it's a place not fit for human habitation for most of the year, but but yet we live there and, no, just, and we love it. I'd just say a couple months. Yeah, yeah. it was pretty those, good. those two months are rough. I actually had a at the hall, which, by the way, if you're in Louisiana, you need – if you're go to Natchitoches – like go there for the Christmas lights or whatever, you need to check out the Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame. It's an amazing, I mean, like I was stunned there was something that awesome in Louisiana, to be honest with you, but it was really, really good. You're saying the museum. You're referring to the museum. Yeah. Right, correct. It was it was incredible, wasn't it, Dad? He really was. Really top-notch and, and all that, and it's really got a lot of cool stuff in there, so if you're like into I, Louisiana stuff. I think the perfect segue is that sports does – seem to bring people together and the point of romans in the section we're at was god bringing people together precisely precisely good based point on where they're from what time they were here as far as the written law their or skill set or lack thereof the skill sets i mean the whole point of what we've read up until this point is that God is righteous, and we're not, and we all are different, yet we're the same mm -hmm. in that we have a sin problem, a physical death problem, and ultimately God cured those problems. But it's just hard for humans to come together. Even, even if we do agree about Jesus and who he is, it's just hard for people well, you know, to come together. That Romans 2 comes to, comes to mind, God does not show favoritism jew or gentile it's a great great book well you know dad you remember when you said at the uh you said at that luncheon you said everybody has value yep. and everybody has something some skill even if it's not a lot of skill or a little skill something and you made that point that we all have value to one another and to God. And, you yeah. know, it was, a, it was a great thought, I thought. And, you know, there was a right after you was a, that Charles Tillman who played for the Bears. And he's, he played at ULL or UL, as they say now. And he, he took off on your point and he loved it. I mean, like he, he made a big point about that. And then he even mentioned it again at his acceptance talk. Uh, at the at the main thing that night and he he said it a couple of times so you, you know that really struck a nerve with him and then he told about his kid and how his kid had to have a heart transplant but their faith is what you know ultimately led him through getting through that and i just you know why and he's a, he's a young african-american guy you know great athlete and just watching that unfold i just thought you know when again y'all were unified in christ but even in the idea of that it's really a simple thing 
about recognizing the value of other people yep. and trying to encourage them to be the best they can be. You know, I mean, it's you just, it was so simple, and what, but I watched it play out. Didn't you think the same thing with him? Everybody, according to the book of Romans, is worth the blood of Jesus. And God does not show favoritism. I like it. So, we, so we've been in, we, we kind of left off, the last time we were in Romans uh, 9, uh, we had Gary Glenn with us, uh, who was, who's, did a great job, I thought, really just kind of bringing some context to that whole idea, which I thought was really good. Uh, and the idea was, ultimately, that we said, look, you, you, you're not able to do this without Jesus. And the, the Jews didn't understand the purpose of their election, which was to bring Christ to, the, to everybody. You know, they just, they, they were, they missed it. They missed it, you know, because they, they looked at it as an inward thing that Jesus was, the Messiah was only supposed to be for them. And of course, Paul makes that point all throughout. He uses all those different illustrations that we talked about uh, in Romans chapter nine, whether it was Pharaoh or, you know, Jacob and Isaac and all the different ones that we looked at and talked about. So I thought that was rich. And, and a lot of times people uh, misunderstand Paul's point in Romans 9, 10, and 11, and that is how anguished he was that they were missing it. And, and, I, and I think personally it was so strong is because Paul missed it so, uh, as Trump would say, so bigly himself because he was the chief zealot for missing Jesus until finally Jesus just struck him down and said, hey, you know, who, who do you think you're persecuting? And it's me. And so you know, he had that made. Uh, we didn't make it last time we had Romans nine, but but when he starts talking about the the prophets and the Gentiles being with the Jews and being saved, uh, it will happen that in the very place where it was said to them, "You are not my people," they will be called sons of the living God. Isaiah cries out concerning Israel, though the number of the Israelites be like the sand of the sea, only the remnant will be saved. They just, as a group, uh, rejected Jesus. For the Lord to carry uh, out his sentence on earth with speed and finality, and this uh, earth-shattering text from Isaiah, it is just as Isaiah said previously, unless the Lord Almighty had left us descendants, thank God that for Abraham and the few Jews that believed, including the Apostle Paul, went down kicking and screaming. Unless the Lord Almighty left us descendants, we would have become like Sodom and we would have been like Gomorrah. That's pr pretty amazing, Al. You know what I'm saying? So the people, the remnants of the Jews who said, we still have them, the Messianic Jews, they're still here, but the Jews as a people, uh, as a people, Israel, for the most part, Al, most of them say, nope, to this day. And that's unfortunate. It is unfortunate. And, and that was how, Paul's whole point is that, you know, it, it made him heart sick that they had, you know, missed this whole idea. But I do like that idea that all throughout the Old Testament, one is there's always a remnant philosophy. There are going to be those who will be faithful, which that was the whole point with Abraham, right? I mean, he, he yep. predated... Yep. And so he then that he set the principle, the promise. Yep. And, and Gary talked about that a lot last time. That's why Isaac was so important in this whole story because of the promise and the faith kept yep. being tested. Going into Romans. Yeah. Going in, going into Romans 10, his final words of Roman 90 is what then shall we say? 
that the Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness, here they were, without the, the law, without the, the temple proceedings, all of that, they have uh, obtained it, uh, obtained it, a righteousness that is by faith. But Israel, who uh, pursued a law of righteousness, have not attained it. Why not? Because they pursued it not by faith, but, but as if it were by works. They stumbled over the stumbling stone. Jesus here he's speaking of. And it's written, I lay in Zion a stone that causes men to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. And the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. As a group, they just missed that. So here we are. Well, and that's a great, that's a great point, Dad. And the, and the idea is that the cornerstone, you take a stone. And so that's that idea we read about all throughout the New Testament that that God is building up as a, like a house or like a, you yep. know, like a, like yep. a structure yep. and the cornerstone, which is the most important one because everything goes off of it. That's Jesus. So we understand that. And then it talks about laying a foundation with the apostles and then building, you know, generation after generation. But that same stone, if you don't believe in it, just becomes something you trip over. It's not your cornerstone. That's right. You don't believe in its purpose. And so it, it, it's a great illustration to think about that a stone can be positive or it can be negative. It can be something you strip over and hurt yourself yep. or it can be something that you build a house on. By the way, when it goes into Romans 10, he just recaptures Romans chapter 1 about the message. He said, my heart's desire that, and prayer to God is that for the Israelites is that they be saved. For I can testify about them that they are zealous for God. And here's the key point, but their zeal is not based on knowledge. They just miss Jesus. And then he just simplifies, said, you don't have to go up to get Jesus to bring him down. He's come down and you don't have to go down to get him as if to get him out of the grave. I raised him from the dead. Just believe it. Just believe it. Believe the message. Let's, let's take a quick break. I think his point was, also is that they're looking at it from their perspective instead of God's perspective, which is a common theme in Romans. But Al brought up when Paul said that stumbling stone, you know, Paul did this in, in other places where he used the idea of that stone or the rock to represent Jesus as the foundation. You remember in 1 Corinthians 10, where he, he goes in this, idea of saying, I don't want you to be ignorant that our forefathers were all under the cloud and they all passed through the sea. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink. So he's, he's given all the positives, but he says, for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them and that rock was Christ, which what was difficult for him to try to explain to the Israel nation is that Jesus has been here the whole time. Yep. You know, he's yep. just now become flesh, but you know, he goes back to that story in Exodus 17, where they were, you know, he sent them the quail and the manna right. and then the water that came out of the rock. And he's like, that rock was Jesus. That was the Messiah. Of course you can imagine I'm sympathizing with them because that would be difficult to wrap your head around. It's for everybody. What God has done through Jesus is what the book of Romans is about. By the time you get to Romans 10, about verse 11, as the scripture says, everyone, 
everyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. And here's one of his concluding points of chapter 10 toward the end. For there is no difference, no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord be saved. It's for everybody. The Jews just had a hard time with heathen Gentiles being grafted in to them, with them, under one head. They just had a pretty good problem with that. Well, it, it's no different from other people having a problem because people are different colors or different that is correct. social that is correct. status. or They just they tend to go where there's like-minded thoughts yep. and, and, and just make a name for themselves. It kind of goes back to that Tower of Babel where people just wanted to make a name for themselves. But you know, it's interesting, Jace, you brought that point up in 1 Corinthians that Paul uses about the rock and the water that came out of it. He doesn't mention there in that text, but if you go back and read what happened when that happened, actually that same rock that brought forth that water of life, it was a stumbling point for Moses because yeah. he didn't give God the yeah. credit. He, he took the credit for what, because he, he got so mad at the Israelites, he said, I brought, you forth, I brought forth water out of that rock. He took the credit instead of giving the glory to God. And yeah. because of that, it was a stumbling place for Moses. And God even told him, he said, because of that, you're not going to go into the promised land. You know, right. I'm not going to give you that. What we do all the time. Today. That's yeah. right. He makes the argument throughout, throughout the book of Romans. He makes the argument of Romans chapter 116, not ashamed of the gospel. You get to Romans 2, he brings it up again. The ones who reject the truth, follow evil, there'll be wrath and anger. There'll be trouble and distress for every human being who does evil, first for the Jew and then for the Gentile. But glory, honor, and peace for everyone who does good, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. God does not show favoritism. But it's a tough sale, Al. It was a tough sale 2,000 years ago, and it remains so. Everybody together. We, we've mentioned this before because he makes the point again in, in most of the rest of chapter 10 that he kind of revisits this idea of trying to do it by works. Yep. And the, yep. the sad thing is what we've watched over 2,000 years through, through Gentiles and everybody else in the world that people still try to revert back to a law of works. I mean, yeah. to, to put themselves back under the very thing he said he freed you from. I mean, it's, to me, it's one of the biggest I've heard Christianity the, has turned out to be one of the most uh, divisive things that has ever come along, and it's sad. I've exactly. heard people get up, preachers preach sermons, and they preach Jesus. They talk about the cross. They talk about the resurrection. And then when they get to the invitation, they're like, now, if you work hard enough and long enough, you might make it. <laughs> I'm like, what happened to this? And there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I mean, he makes the same point here because that last verse in chapter nine, he indirect or I guess directly, but he didn't, you know, make a point about it. But when you tie that into Romans 116, where it says we're not ashamed. He, he turns it around from God's perspective again and says the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. I mean, the fact that he's not ashamed of us despite our sins and he proved that on the cross, 
is our motivation to accept everyone from every tribe, language, and creed and unite at the cross, which goes back to that Larry Bowles point, which I thought was a good one. When he read that 2 Corinthians 5, Jesus, who had no sin, became sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness from God. And he had that point to where it all happened on the cross. His righteousness and our sin intersected. Intersected yeah. right there, which in a cross is the intersection. I mean, it, it's a it's a great point because that then he got into chapter ten and he got into this. You can do it yourself. Wrong, because verse three says, since they didn't know the righteousness that comes from God and sought to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. And then he has this profound statement, which should be enough for all people who think that they can do it on their own. He says, Christ is the end of the law mm -hmm. so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. That ought, that ought to cover it. <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty, how, how could he be any more clear? If you're know. trying to take some kind of rule-based system and make it to where you're worthy of that because you've got all the details figured out, Christ is the end of the law. That system. You know what they say? And they'll say, so there it is. And, and here's our creed. I'm like, nah, no creed needed. They go right in and add on. Let's take, oh. another, let's take another break. I've said this before. I don't like it when these churches put what they believe in such detail on, on the Internet. It, it's like a book that goes along with the Bible. And I'm like, just put, we believe in Jesus, or we believe Jesus is the Son of God, or we believe in God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. I mean, that, that's enough for me. Why not just put, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That'd that's good it. enough for that, me. That, that's a pretty good one. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start there. Let's all agree there. Hiding in plain sight. Yeah, they're like, well, wait a minute. What about the... If you don't start there, right. the rest of it's going to crumble, which is why he is the cornerstone. And I love what he said in verse 11. He said, and as scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. And, you know, there's so much the idea of shaming and not being good enough and, you know, messing up and falling short. And, and, and look, I've done things in my life I should be ashamed of uh, and, and still do. But in Jesus, he said, there is no shame. He takes that. He takes the guilt of it. He takes the shame of it. Lisa talks a, a lot about, obviously, in, about uh, pro-life because she had an abortion when she was 16 years old. And she says that when she was in that clinic, and she describes it, and it's just so, I mean, you can hear a pin drop when she's describing because most people hadn't been in one of those places, but she has. And she said one of the things that they, one of the three lies they told her when she was in there was that you'll never have you'll never think about this again you know once you leave this clinic you know that's all behind you and you know just go forward and have your life and she's you know she says i've thought about it for 38 years but she said but when i was 35 years old and i finally submitted to christ and he became my lord the shame of that went away along with everything else i'd ever rotten thing i'd mm -hmm. ever done and so that's the beauty of what we can do we can still talk about it to try to keep young women from making a bad choice 
But the shame is a way when we're in Christ. I mean, that's what I love. I mean, you don't, I mean, he repeats himself. He says in chapter nine, the last section, the one he quotes Isaiah, the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Then he, when he gets to 10, after these two famous verses that most people use at altar calls, yeah. which really wasn't his point. Right. His point was that Jews and Gentiles, no matter what they've done, right. can be saved in Jesus. That's Let's right. start there. And then he says the same thing. Look at 10, 11. As the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Right. So you think about what shame does to people in, in their own lives, and you think the shame that we have for other people, they're both different yet equally disastrous to relationships. Right, exactly. Because you can't go back and make it right. We do shameful things, and then we experience the shame, and we have to deal with that. And that's why Jesus is sitting there saying, I, I took that shame. Yep. so that all people can rally around me, no matter what degree it is. Which kind of takes us back to that Romans 7 discussion we have with, with Larry Bowles, and then and when we talked about it as well, you know, Paul gives you the idea of that wrestling match with those things. I mean, the, the, the old way of trying to come back into your life, and then at the end, of the, in the end of the text is the end of the day for us, but thanks be to God you know, who delivers us, you know, from, from that yeah. very thing that we wrestle with, you know, inside. Well, well, I like verse, when he gets to 12, he says, for there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. Yeah. That statement alone should be the most controversial thing ever, maybe that he said, because people are like, no. <laughs> I mean, let's just take that verse and say that let's live by that every day that there's no difference. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Then I think he, he introduces the idea about you being different and God giving you the ability to share Jesus, which is a big struggle. I mean, I think everyone goes through that because we're not worthy, we're shameful, but yet God chose us to reveal to other people that Jesus is Lord, and then we can join in this together. That's why he said faith comes through the hearing the message, but how can they hear unless someone is sent? Which I think he was talking about himself mostly, Mm -hmm. but we have that same issue now. Because what do most people do when you try to share Jesus? They're like, well, who do you think you are? Right. Or you think you're better than me? How many times have you heard that? Many I mean, times. You don't, many you, times. You don't make mistakes. You're you're not even from the same place I'm from. Right. I mean, that's the attack always happens that way. Well, we were saying, Dad, you know, you, your point about everybody has worth uh, and everybody has some sort of talent or skill set. But, you know, also everybody has a story, their story. And, and they're all different. I mean, everybody has a different way of looking at life. Maybe you had a good upbringing. Maybe you had a terrible upbringing. Maybe you had all these different factors that are there. But ultimately, your story matters if the story of Jesus impacts it, intersects it, and changes it. Because we were talking about that intersection point a minute ago, Jess. That's what changes us. When finally the story of who we are is then becomes his story in us, that changes the whole game, you know, for any of us. Everybody sins and everybody dies physically. And you say, Jesus solved them both on the cross and at the resurrection. It's that simple. Just believe it and move forward.
We baptized five five yesterday who got it. They came from various states, but uh, I just told them what we're talking about right now, and they moved on it on the spot. And and that's the thing. I mean, we all have that uh, that capacity to be able to do that, no matter where you come from, uh, or where you start, or where you finish. You know, you want Jesus to be a part of that. Uh, let's take one last break. You know, I woke up this morning, and uh, I mean, it, I woke up at six. Got it. Mainly because Did you go fishing on the beach. No, I actually studied my Bible. Oh, okay. but we're good. Because in in prep for this, once I determined what day it was, <laughs> <laughs> but when I walked out, I was shocked that this girl, a friend of uh, Jeff's daughter, and my daughter, they were gathered around the table. I mean, it's six o'clock in the morning, and they were studying their Bible. That's awesome. And I thought. Now this is something to wake up up to. I mean, things are are looking up, looking up. But what's weird is it made me. I was thinking, I had a dream the night before, which this is kind of crazy. But uh, we were trying to baptize this girl because I didn't know who this girl was, the friend. Yeah, and I didn't even know. You know, is she a believer? I mean, I assume she was because she's running around with with Jeff's daughters. But we were trying to baptize her, and the water kept falling. Like every time we'd fix to do it, the water would leave. And I was like, "Well, this is weird. We're we're having some kind of supernatural conflict." <laughs> so I was looking at the situation, and I thought, "Well, here I was thinking your, your baptistry I, I, had a plug in it, Jay. You can't lose." Well, we were in a river. Oh, river. The okay. water. Yeah, okay. we were in the river, but the water would just go down, and then it would. It'd come back up and we'd go to do it. And I was like, no, we got a time. Maybe there's a timing mechanism. <laughs> but I said all that to say this. I think if I can interpret my own dream here. Well, here we go, Joseph. I was thinking that I need to check this girl out subconsciously yeah. because I'm like, I'm, I'm worried about who my my daughter is associating with. And well, when I went out there and met, she's the one leading the Bible study, you know. <laughs> and I was like, you shouldn't make judgments on other people when you don't know them until you have a That's conversation right. and then you find that commonality that Paul is stressing here because all this was was great but it just seemed like a weird moment well maybe the almighty was telling you in this dream that she doesn't need the water son she's our she's rocking and well, rolling exactly, I'm exactly what which, it was. which was my point i think we try to make it about us and us being able to do something. And, and honestly, we can't do anything. I mean, God's in control of this situation, and I'm just glad to be here, a part of being in Jesus. The Apostle Paul being one of the uh, messengers that God sent out, they're still being sent out. You could say we're messengers. He said, once the Jews heard about Jesus, Jesus is coming, uh, their voice, the messengers, has gone out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. Again, I asked, did Israel not understand? First, Moses said, I'll make you envious, you Jews, by those who are not a nation. Uh, that'd be us. Uh, I will make uh, Gentiles. I'll make you angry by a nation that has no understanding. He's not saying a whole lot of uh, about the Gentiles is that uh, they just don't get it. They're out but I'm going to graft them in. I was found by those who did not seek me, the Gentiles. I reveal myself to those who did not ask for me. That's the Gentiles. 
I'm speaking as a redneck here, redneck Gentile. But concerning Israel, he says, all day long I've held out my hands to a disobedient and obstinate people. So I look at that as a Gentile, and I feel like, Al, we were saved, the old redneck saying, by the skin of our teeth. You know what I'm saying? I'm thankful. I'm thankful for that. That he that he had mercy on all, we all, most of our audience are Gentiles, and I'm telling them we are most fortunate to have been able to be grafted in with the Jews under Jesus. And I mean, it, it's he's going to make that point in the next chapter. That's where he's going because yep. he, he's like, now look, don't, don't you get puffed up and think that now you know you can be anti-Semitic and anti-Jewish that because there's right. a hold upon there. Right. So you got to remember that. But you know what's interesting, Dad, is that he made all those those verses that you were reading there in in sixteen and following. Those were all made by prophets, prophets way back. I That's mean, right. You know, hundreds, right. sometimes even thousands of That's years why earlier. That's he's saying they didn't have an excuse. I mean, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, because he had been pointing this way the the entire time. And for some of our new members, you know, I I looked up Gentile definition because it's not a word we use anymore unless you're reading the Bible. But it if you read the definition just from the worldly perspective, it says a person who is not Jewish. And (laughs) when you look at the Greek, yeah, when you look at the Greek definition of it, it comes from a Hebrew term goy. It just means a nation, any nation that's not Israel. That's so, it. That's I mean, because a lot of people think, what, 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 what am I now? I'm a Gentile. I didn't even know it. But that's the way the, the Bible writers refer to since Israel was God's chosen nation. Well, every other nation became a Gentile. Yeah. Yep. But when you read that he, there is no difference in that Romans 10, 12, it is a profound verse. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile. Yeah. That is a point blank statement about- That was a tough thing for the Jewish people to grab a hold of. Well, think about the, think about the irony of it though, Dad. So most of the Bible, I mean, there's a few exceptions, but far, most of the Bible, all the Bible, authors were all Jewish. And yet the whole storyline becomes about not just them, but the whole world having the opportunity for salvation. So just the way God did that, I mean, it's pretty incredible that there's very few Gentiles that actually wrote anything that's in the Bible. But you know, there's no difference in, you know, a Caucasian American and an African American. There's no difference. You could go down this this road. And that's, Paul did. Male, female, slave or free. Exactly. You know, all the different. That's kind. why I get a lot of flack sometimes because I'm like, I feel like the world, I agree with them where they have a month for every group of people that, you know, that they say. Trying to is, recognize. Yeah, yeah, recognize. But I'm like, well, I understand what you're trying to do. But because we're trying to get to the same place because they're saying we want to recognize these people because in the past they may have been overlooked or looked at, viewed as being lesser. But at the same time, the, the common goal is we need to look at people and say there's no difference. That's right. You have to do that. In fact, Al, when, when, yeah, when you get to, to chapter 11, uh, one of the Gentiles' uh, uh, mindsets would be, well, branches were broken off so I could be grafted in. Granted, 
but they were broken off because of unbelief, and you, Gentiles, stand by faith. To you, Gentiles, do not be arrogant, like you said, Al, but be afraid. For if God did not spare the natural branches, he will not spare you either. <laughs> so you look at that, you say, don't be haughty about it as a Gentile who was grafted in, because you're there, you're going into the Jewish tree, not the other way around. The, the root, the root supports, supports you. See what I'm saying? Yeah, which which we'll get into. I want to I want to close with the only passage really in Romans 10 we didn't read, but it's such a good one that I felt like I need to read it in 14 and 15 because it really shows you the importance of everything we've been talking about today and really throughout the whole book. He Paul said when he mentioned about this, everyone who calls the name of the Lord be saved, he said in verse 14, how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how and how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard and yep. how can they hear without someone preaching to them and how can anyone preach unless they're sent as is written how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news which i thought was really powerful so i just love the idea that you see the roles laid out and everybody is different in their role some person may be the deliverer you know, the, the, the sender, some person may be the mouthpiece, some person may be the one who walks alongside. We all have a different way of being a part of this process of getting the good news out. To but, people. Then he, but then he says in 17, but faith comes through hearing the message. That's right. Which I think it's hard because a lot of people tend to look at the messenger, which us being the messengers and think, oh, look what I'm Look what I've done, or right. look what, or how many I brought to the Lord, or. But the more you do this, you realize the message, which goes back to Jesus, because it says, "And the message is heard through the Word of Christ," gets way bigger than you, the messenger. Which is why he said, "We're like a jar of clay." Right. That's something John the Baptist oh, yeah. figured out when he I said, believe. "Jesus must become greater, and I become less," because he was pointing people yeah. to Jesus. Right. So, by the way, Al. Uh, Make, make it a habit to keep bringing old Jace down there with you because when Jace is stuck down there in Florida, I'm looking around at the table. I'm by myself. I'm able to talk more when he's down there and I'm up here. <laughs> when he's up here, I can't get in a word edgewise. When he's down there, at least I can hit a few licks. <laughs> Go ahead and just tell us how you feel, Phil. <laughs> all, we needed was, all we needed was to get him in another state to just tone him down a I'm little bit. I'm only kidding. <laughs> Dad made it funny. I thought yeah, that was pretty I good. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what we're fixing to do, Dad. So you're fixing to go eat tenderloin. Me and Jace are fixing to go out there. We're going to chase a white ball around for about the next four hours. So that's what we're going to be doing, just so you'll know. Every man for himself. Every man for himself. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.